Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. It is March 1st. Happy birthday month, Julie Harris. Yes, you as well. Can you believe you're 39? Or hold on. Am I no. saying this right? See, if you can't do the math, you don't get to know. I'm not allowed to say my joke? Nope. I'm not allowed to say 39. You have to have it prepared. I can't say 39 plus 11? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, plus one for you. So now we're Yeah, I'm 39 square. plus 12, so I'm better. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I made it another year than you. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I get a special prize. I get an extra star. Let's have Zoe give us stars on her birthday. She will. She'll be happy to do that. <laughs> so we've been getting a lot of emails and questions. Well, obviously, we get a lot of emails and questions. Like, I don't even know how many emails and questions we get a week. Fortunately, most of our uh, questions are answered. We have a very robust uh, FAQ on our website. So frequently, we can just send people to have all their questions answered. And if you guys haven't discovered that, by the way, it's over on timandjulieharris.com. You can go to, uh, it's on the top nav. You can just go to frequently asked questions. And there's actually a pull down that is designed to answer most of your questions that you might have. Um, And yeah, so you might want to check that out, timandjulieharris.com. But we receive, we're receiving an onslaught, and it's the usual spring questions actually, about essentially agents lacking direction. That's the essence of what the questions yes. are. And a lot of agents are new to the business. And I think, frankly, we're going to see a massive surge of agents getting in the business over the next 12 to 24 months. And I'll, I'll even drill down on my prediction. Okay, so here it is. So most people were obviously on some form of COVID lockdown from March through maybe if you're in California, what not now. So after people got done watching CNN and Fox News and whatever else, then they there's a whole bunch of them, like potentially, you know, I'm not going to say millions, but it could have very well been globally millions of people that start taking real estate, um, you know, basically real estate pre-licensing online. Um, and some of our folks, our friends that own pre-licensing um, real estate companies, they're telling us that there's going to be a surge. So this isn't just a spitball guess. This is actual based on, you know, what folks are telling us that would know. So they get their last, they, you know, they've finished their pre-licensing and now they have to wait to basically be assigned a time to take the tests. Well, in some states, you're going to have to wait six to 12 months. So that's what's going to delay the, the, you know, the predicted surge of new licensees. But there's going to be a predicted surge of new licensees. And along with that, there's going to be a new, there's going to be a predicted, well, we're predicting surge of new people not knowing what the hell to do now that they have their real estate licenses. Yes. Curiously, you're not taught that at real estate school. Exactly. And what happens as soon as you get your real estate license and then it's it's almost like people start searching out into the, the, the darkness for what to do, what direction to have. They're not, you know, they're basically confused. And there are so many businesses that are designed to do nothing other than prey on new licensees and convince you that your problems are, you know, basically solved by, with buying their product. And um, in some cases, there are some great products out there. But one of the products that's most confusing or one of the industries that's most confusing by design, frankly, is the social networking uh, space. And there are so many people out there that are um, selling you guys some sort of social media solution. And we know that because of all the questions we get. We get so many questions, so many emails. Um, some of you guys text us. Uh, looking for direction. And I always t- I'll always, tell you what the punchline is. And we always tell you the one thing. Well, there's several things. Follow one course until successful. 
And um, like, so let's start with that. And then I'm going to suggest you another thing. And this is self-serving, but who cares? It's our podcast, right? Buy our book, Harris Rules. Harris Rules is going to give you the the most direct, you know, essentially BS-free uh, perspective on how to build a long-term real estate business. And it's not just, it's based on primarily, obviously, Julie and I's opinions and our experience, but also the opinions and experiences from the tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people that have passed through our coaching organization. And we know what works and we know what doesn't. And so one of the, so social networking is the big bugaboo that really throws people off and gets them going in a different or really a wrong direction. And the other thing is just this mystery of the the word branding, right? So when you hear anybody that's schlepping, and that means selling, branding or any kind of chachis has to do with social networking. And again, I'm sort of answering, addressing a whole bunch of questions that we've gotten. Um, then that's you have to know that that's as a new licensee that is probably going to be a waste of time. And I'm going to give you the bottom line why. And then Julie and I are going to break uh, into social networking, and we're going to discuss what social networking is and what it isn't. But the bottom line reason why is because at the end of the day, you guys are being sold that you need a brand, some sort of indelible brand, the brand, the brand, the brand. But you don't realize that the real way you get a brand or the word brand has been uh, essentially it's a uh, it's a modern word, a replacement for the word reputation. So what they're trying to convince you is that you need to spend money and mostly, you know, egregiously hours and hours of time uh, on social media to create a brand. And that somehow that brand or that time and the output of your social media is going to essentially replace the need for you to have a good professional reputation. And that's where the basic, the great lie is. Because the way you ultimately can, so can you be successful without spending a nickel of money or a, you know even a second on social media and real estate? Can you? Yes, of course you can. Of course you can. Millions and millions of people do every single year. And, and the pressure you guys are feeling to think you have to spend money on all this stuff, the problem is, is most of you, like especially new licensees, but even people that are now essentially giving in to the external pressure to do social media that have been in the business who are already successful, and you guys are being told every direction you go that this is where you should be spending your money and your time, you have no way of holding those investments of money and time accountable for actual tangible results. So we're going to go through a list that Julie and I created about what social media is and what it isn't. Um, yeah, and so this is the design to help you be able to think with clarity before you make some misdirected decisions that could throw you off, frankly, not just for this year, but for the rest of your career. There is a reason, listeners, that the failure rate or the, I wouldn't be failure rate necessarily, but there's a reason that agents are staying in the business for less time now than there ever has been. So it used to be the agents would, you know, most small business owners, by the way, fail within 24 months. Well, based on our not very scientific research, but we think that number has actually dropped closer to a year, maybe even 11 months. And so you got to ask yourself, well, why is that? Why is it that agents are failing faster? And the obvious answer is they're not being told what to do fast enough. Yes. And I like what you said about brand being kind of like a decoy replacement to actual reputation. They're conflating it with, and they're doing it. It's not the same. It's not the same. They're doing it intentionally. The people trying to sell you, it's this, it's again, guys, it's just, it's just a shiny object. They're trying to tell you that you don't actually have to go out and earn a reputation uh, for having helped a bunch of people because having helped a bunch of people means ultimately you have to have been in the business for a while and you have to have been successful a while. Then you have the brand of some who basically knows how to get the job done. They're trying to 
convince you that you can buy your way or in TikTok's case, dance your way to basically having people, uh, you know, essentially see you as successful and want to do business with you. And that's the great lie. And that's what you've got to really be careful about. Well, so what do you have in your notes? Because I, I, you're a couple of feet away from me here. No problem. Yeah. So here's the thing. Again, and this is the answer to the question. Hopefully, a lot of you guys been, have been maybe subconsciously trying to understand because it is extremely confusing. But I want to start out by saying something very clear because what the internets love to do is basically pigeonhole people. And Julie and I, uh, our competitors in particular, have tried to pigeonhole us. Oh, Tim and Julie are anti-team. No, that's not yeah. true. Tim and Julie are anti-social networking. No, that's not true. You know, they, this is what our competitors try to do because they can't come up with a viable argument against what we say because what we're telling you guys is the bottom line practical tactical truth and so the only thing they try to do is they they're going to try to ostracize us from you know any sort of conversation that would prove that the the fallacies of their argument it's a typical way of arguing the way of arguing when you know you have a losing argument is to avoid the argument so that's what happens a lot of times um, in the marketplace so just be very weary we love social media you know, we, we're all over social media. You guys probably found us from an Instagram post or maybe on Facebook. So uh, what, what we're syndicating is our podcast. You know, our podcast is basically the thing that's made, uh, I think, in a lot of ways, that podcast, our podcast, has created a worldwide following for Julie and I. We have tens of thousands of agents that listen to us every day. The podcast is over 10 million downloads and listens, so it's a big deal. It's the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate agents in the world. Aha, Tim, you're being a hypocrite. That's social media. It, it isn't in the purest sense. It is in the sense that we are uh, essentially pushing the podcast through our social media channels, but we don't certainly, the podcast has grown organically. So why has the podcast grown organically uh, primarily? And why do we have so many listeners? It's because of the content. See, that's the difference, right? So it is that we are using it to educate, to motivate, to help you. That's the product, not just look at Tim and Julie. I'm eating lunch, or I'm you know dancing to TikTok, or whatever. Right. Okay, that's that, love... that might be entertaining. Honestly, Julie, if I got a whole <laughs> bunch of people to donate a dollar to get you to a t- TikTok video, would you do it? Um, no. How about a hundred dollars? What if what if I already get? What if we are were we just, auctioning a TikTok? If we were to cloud crowdfund uh, Julie doing it t- for your birthday. Maybe. <laughs> You'd never do it. No, I would never do it. <laughs> well, uh, not for any price. But, 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 but my it's the point content. Is, it's the content, right? So for an agent or broker, what is their content? Well, so, but ultimately the reason that people listen to us and when you hear the feedback, like when Julie and I are in Clubhouse, aha, another social networking mm-hmm. thing. Yes. But when you're on, when we're on Clubhouse, people go out of their way more often than not to thank us for past podcasts. When Julie and I go to real estate events, when Julie and I have been in airports, we've been in different places where people have come up to us and been so gratuitous with their praise for something that they learned from us. So we have a reputation of, of someone or, you know, of an organization that tries to help people, tries to help make agents' lives better. We solve problems for other people. And obviously, our coaching organization has benefited for the last few decades or two decades from having actually accomplished that goal. But we did not basically fake our way to that adulation. We did not actually try to create this brand of success and of having helped people. We actually did what we said we were going to do. And we do what we say we're going to do. Every day. Every day. And you again, could we be successful without social networking? Absolutely. We have been in this business for decades. I, yeah, two decades, basically. Yeah, sure. So could we be successful without social networking? Yes. We're not really, uh, you know, we don't really do much on YouTube. We don't really do much on a lot of the other sort of, you know, TikTok we'd like to make fun of. That's about the extent of it. But the reality of it is, is, 
the way you become successful long term, the way you build an indelible brand long term, if you want to call it that, I'll frankly the world words reputation, is by doing the real work of real estate. And so let's talk about this list, Julie. Mm-hmm. So this is what um, I, I wrote these points down, and this is I just frankly I got sort of sick having to help, sick of having to constantly answer the question to all these um, agents out there that are struggling to understand about you know whether they should be spending any money or time on yeah, social networking, a good list. right? And so from now on, when you guys ask me that question, I'm just going to send you a replay to this podcast. This is my real, good. <laughs> really, so I'm delegating uh, that question that all of you will, will ask uh, to this podcast. So here it is: what is what is social networking, and was it what is social networking. And we're going to, again, we're not going to try to fluff this up and use words that have multiple meanings. We're just going to use pure, factual, uh, pure factual words. So uh, Julie, you can do number one. Yeah. So what it is, number one, time consuming. I think we can all agree to that. I mean, even your phone tells you how much time you consumed, right? Yeah. It's reporting to you. It's entertaining sometimes at times. Okay. And occasionally, it can be educational. Right. Like on um, on Clubhouse, for example, there is definitely some good content that's coming out there. I'd agree with that. And you can discover some good stuff on social networking. So it's definitely time consuming. Yep. And it's definitely entertaining. It's definitely um, occasionally. Yeah. If, if well, you, occasionally, I'm like, I like some master classes and some yeah, TED Talks and some Clubhouse. By the I, way, I wouldn't say universally, but if yeah. you want to attend our, um, we're doing a, a, we call it sort of the morning devotional, but it's on Clubhouse. It's, um, and it's not just Julie and I, it's Julie and I, and a bunch of other coaches and frankly, really top producing agents. It's on Clubhouse. It's called Masterclass. No, it's called Real Estate Masterclass Motivation, uh, Motivation, Motivation Mindset, and Money. There you go. So you can join or just search for Tim and Julie Harris and you'll find, um, and it starts every morning, at eight o'clock East Coast. So number two, uh, social networking is designed to be addictive. So it's designed to essentially suck you away from life and pull you into sort of the subconscious vortex of mental manipulation. And that's that, been studied. That's not just because you say so or I say so. That's, I mean, people have actually studied the addictive nature of it. Well, let's talk about Clubhouse. Yeah. So Clubhouse, you have to attend the conversation live or it because none of the calls, none of the conversations are recorded. Now, why did they do that? Because they're creating a really great sense of FOMO, fear of missing out. So if you don't listen to that you know, conversation that Elon Musk is having tonight at eight o'clock, you ain't listening to it unless, and, and by the way, it's against Clubhouse's terms of service for you to record the conversation. So the way that they make it so that you, so that it's addictive so is because you're fearful of losing out on some little tidbit of information. Which you can't get. You can't just rewind. You can't nope. do a replay. No, nope. It's not uh-uh. a podcast. Nope. Right. And again, so why are they doing that? They're doing that to keep it addictive. They're doing that because they know most people don't have focus, follow one course until successful. They know most agents, well, people in general in life, they're never focused. They're just going from one thing to the other, to the other, to the other. And all these social networking apps are designed to do that. Clubhouse is designed to basically make it so that you're going to have, you know, one, you're going to be listening in, maybe participating in one conversation, and then you're going to pop over to another, pop over to another, pop over to another. And the app will, uh, rewards you for your time and your contribution to the app. It's designed to be manipulative. It's designed to be addictive. So see it for what it is. Point number three, Julie. Point number three, it is absolute information overload. And, you know, people say that all the time. It's like, I had to break up with whatever app because I was spending too much time on it because it was overloading me. I, I couldn't absorb. It was fire hosing me. So, you know, related to time wasting, it play- it's information overload. But it plays into people. It's the bright, it's the shiny object syndrome. Sure. Again. And consuming of information. But right. at some point you, you do get exhausted on that. But I want you guys to focus on the first three points we made. So here's what the, uh, there has been different studies that have, 
you know, studied the amount of screen time. You know, it used to be watching TV, but now it's a cumulative screen time. And if you actually add up how much time you're in front of any sort of screen and you think like you sort of – like a lot of people use social networking. I mean you do this on Facebook, talking mm-hmm. to your friends. Sure. Like you'll do, you'll work for like two or three hours and you'll get a bunch of writing done for one of our new books or something mm-hmm. like that. And I know you'll basically give yourself a cup of coffee and 15 minutes screw Yeah, I feel like I'm staying connected to friends and family that way. But you don't let it go beyond that. No. It's, it's like your little mental like release where you can sort of yeah. put your brain in neutral and just sure. sort of, yeah. And, and I, know, I have kind of a filter that I've developed where I'll, I'll just kind of check in with whoever. Then I'll be like, all right, that's enough of that. Yep. You know, because like more time does not equal more benefit. Right. And, and I remember uh, Dustin, I think was his first name. One of the co-founders of Facebook was on some panel and he was talking about the fact that they intentionally designed Facebook to be uh, to manipulate brains and essentially the the swiping up you get a Mickey scroll Mouse high. Yeah, you get a scroll right. You get a little endorphin hit every time you hit the scroll button, basically. And they've actually studied that and proven it. But what they didn't understand and they still don't are the negative ramifications to kids' brains. Mm-hmm. So they very well, especially when kids are in their formidable years, which arguably is up to about twenty, you're going to be dealing with the po- potential of a rewiring of the human you know neurological pathways. That's going to have detrimental effects to their ability to basically mentally develop as they get older into functioning adults. And I think that's what you're all, you're honestly seeing with um, on Clubhouse, frankly. When I hear it's so easy, and you guys will hear it too, even if you have a, don't have a particularly discerning ear yet, you will. You'll get, you're going to be able to instantly tell the, you know, the fake it till you make it tall hat, no cattle types versus the people that actually know what the hell they're talking about. And I'll tell you what the real d- dividing line is. It's not always the young people that are the ones that are the ones that, that don't know how to uh, communicate uh, through spoken word, but prominently that's what it is. So those of you who grew up on social networking have never spent the time to actually learn how to articulate your thoughts and your feelings because you were rewarded with brief, oftentimes emoji-filled uh, commentary. And what we're seeing now with Clubhouse is we're seeing that people are uh, sort of subconsciously saying they're tired of the visual social networking stuff and everything's migrating back to uh, the spoken word. And I think that trend is going to be a massive trend on social. And what does that mean ultimately is the people that do have an ability to speak clearly and convey their thoughts and emotions are the ones that are going to actually start dominating on social, not the ones that can do a fancy dance. Yes. And you know, this is true because the colleges have been studying this. And one of the new classes that they're offering is conversational English for native English speakers. Okay, <laughs> I didn't you, know that. Yeah, that's absolutely true. That's it's also uh, It's also been shown, sadly, that um, the average college student can't tell an analog clock what time it is. Wow. And they're actually taking analog clocks down because it confuses people. It's incredible. But but as far as the conversational English goes is that they, they have seen that, you know, the generation that's come up on, you know, what is it, 24-word tweets or whatever. Right. When it's voice-to-voice, and you do hear this on Clubhouse. Yeah. It's not that conversational. And the second thing that you hear is people that speak in almost like sayings, like uh, modern sayings that don't actually mean anything right. because it's in the maybe it's in the political ethos or maybe it's just trendy. They don't know what they're saying. But there's no there's actually no 
meat to it. There's no content. It's a lot of virtue signaling. Right. It's a lot of words with not a lot of meaning or content. So what it is, it's an opportunity for people who actually know how to articulate their thoughts and their feelings, who are true professionals. What it is, is an opportunity for them to shine. And that's what social networking is with regards to the new form of it, which we think is going to dominate social, which is a spoken word. Um, By the way, you guys should definitely try to get on Clubhouse. Uh, It's only available for iPhone, but I understand it's coming out for Android like, uh, like any day now. So that's really good. It's still in beta still hasn't gone public but that's what it is so so, i will have you guys have to agree so far other than the addictive and information overload you know you knew everything what we're saying so far as far as social no big surprises um so number point number i don't know what point four oh yeah that's what noise right and i'll tell you where this is obvious i mean we had um there was a gentleman that showed up on one of our clubhouses this morning and we have a no pitch rule like you cannot not just us clubhouse has a rule yeah, it's a kind of a loosely followed rule, but we have a very you know too. stringent followed rule. We don't want anyone showing up, basically. And this is the reason, frankly, I don't have you know you and I choose not to have a lot of guests on the podcast because they are ninety nine percent of the time just trying to sell something. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with trying to sell something, but I would much rather hear. I don't want to have somebody who is very myopic in what they they're going to tell you exactly how to make your Facebook ads, and then they have a Facebook product in the back end. That's not somebody who I'm going to learn a lot from. That's not a lot of that's that's a little bit. Um, a little bit fluffy for the types of content that you guys expect from Julie and I. But so there was somebody that showed up this morning who and I, and I said to him, you know, politely, I think several times, this is not a pitch fest. You did. I was there. Stop, the stop trying to lead generate. And he wasn't listening. And so I moved him back to the audience, which means basically I removed him from the stage. But I've listened to other clubhouses before and especially the real estate ones. And here's what I want you guys to pay attention to. There are very thinly disguised pitches in many cases, especially when it comes to social networking stuff. You guys will hear some social networking guru that's on there. And what they're trying to do is basically sell you into hiring their quote unquote agency. It's them and their dog, right? Into, and, and managing your social networking and creating your profiles and all that. So what it is, it's a constant never ending stream of people trying to sell you into um, essentially more social networking stuff. It's it's a vortex that's almost, it's a black hole of basically time and money that's almost impossible to escape from unless you actually see what it actually is. Um, okay, now here it is. That actually leads perfectly to number six. And I'll read this one, Julie. Mm-hmm. It's a never solvable Rubik's Cube of ideas. Mm-hmm. And there's and here's and that's the reason it's the perfect thing for people that are in essence modern day snake oil salesmen to be selling because it's an unsolvable real, uh, Rubik's cube. There's no it's like branding. You know, someone comes to you and they say, "Julie, I want to sell you branding," and you're like, "Oh gosh, that must be important." Everyone's talking about branding, and then it's like, "Well," and I don't know what else to do. So that sounds like a good solution. I'm new in real estate, or I've been in real estate for a while, and I'm you know I've been selling consistently my 20 houses per year, and now I'm hearing everyone talk about branding. Maybe that's my problem. I don't have enough branding right right and so you guys then don't know what questions to ask you maybe intuitively do frankly but you don't feel confident enough to say okay mr and mrs brander that you're trying to sell me your you know your box of mickey mouse what is it that you're actually selling me why is it that i need this and exactly how do i hold whatever it is that you're trying to sell me accountable for results what kind of results should i be expecting and by when and, and you know you guys try to do that. I know you do because you'll you'll have spent something for ninety days. You'll be waiting. You're doing your best to make it work, and then you call up whoever you know and say, you know, it's not working. What do they say? You need to spend more time, right. more money. Maybe you ought to think about upgrading. 
And, you know, it's just too soon. You just have to spend some time on it. And, so, and how would you know whether that's a right or a wrong answer? And the reason is, is because what social networking really is, it's a supplement to the real work of real estate. It's not that's a replacement right. to the real work of real estate. Um, it is not something that's going to ever make it so that you can just constantly rely on it because it's an unsolvable Rubik's Cube by design. And and, no, the, and the next point I wrote down, actually, I, yes, I did. The next point I wrote down was point number seven. And I want you to think about this. Now, unfortunately, I didn't think of this because I thought, you know, and I wrote it down, it was awesome. The ultimate fallacy of uh, paid lead generation or any kind of buying of business or any kind of passive lead generation, all these things, is that you're building your mansion on someone else's land. And that's, I want you to really think about that. When you're making strategic decisions of where to put a majority of your time and your money, and a lot of you are coming into this business, and again, it's because we've been getting so many emails from all these uh, soon-to-be new agents, um, it, you have limited resources or no resources whatsoever. So here's a, you know, just think about this. If you're going to invest a lot of your time and what little money you have into something, why would you basically make it so that you had no control ultimately of the output? So you spent, uh, we gave you lots of examples on past podcasts. Go back and listen to past podcasts. But the moral of the story is, is these social platforms that you're investing all your time and money into, they're not something that you will ever control. And they could simply change the rules and all of your social efforts will essentially have been for not. And then there's lots of examples of social media companies that have come and gone over the last you know decade or so that agents have then basically, they pinned their hopes on essentially something that never actually worked out. And it's because they were trying to create something uh, that never could have been created because they were building a mansion on someone else's land. I mean, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, I was, I was kind of running through some analogies, you know, that they can relate to it. It's like you live in a neighborhood and your homeowners association is okay for a while and then it gets out of control. They change some rules. You get kind of annoyed. Then you feel like moving on. I mean, you don't have the control that you think you do. And I mean, some of them even flat out go out of business. They get bought. They change the rules on you. And you're always chasing that versus I like I like the um, the saying, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. Why well, would you rely on any anybody else? But also know? think about this, too, to your earlier point. Mm-hmm. So in, in the 90s, when you and I sold real estate into the early 2000s, there, you know, there was a lot of people that were trying to get you to buy brand fancy brochures, flyers, sure. websites, card coming online, all your branding. Personal brochures. Match, all big studies on colors and fonts and pictures and all this stuff. All that branding stuff started long before. Uh, you guys were in real estate. And, and it's always been expensive too. And it's always been expensive. And it's, oh, you're paying a creative. They're going to charge $150 per hour, blah, 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 blah. Well, let's break this all down. And when this stuff doesn't work after you spend all that money, and we have new agents back then than when we were for, in our formidable years of the real estate industry who had absolutely bankrupt themselves in the literal sense on their branding get a HELOC for it right they did and when it didn't this is what agents were doing they've always done and unfortunately I know some of you are doing this too you're borrowing money to start your real estate business you're going in debt to start your real estate business you're maxing out your credit card to start your real estate business and you pop on all these uh, different little social networking conversations and all of them are saying you're investing in your business you're no you're not what you're doing is you're giving them money and you're investing in their business basically that's That's what you're doing because you guys, I know you know this. Intuitively, you know what I'm about to tell you is the truth. But you still, some of you are so um, opportunistic or opportunity-seeking, you don't stop yourselves to, and listen to your own intuition telling you what Julie and I have been saying for years is the stone-cold truth. And again, we like social media. Be, be clear about this. In its place. In its place. In it, where it should happen is so you have to be a proactive lead generator, generator, right? And that is essentially supplemented by marketing. 
and and so that you know all of its marketing, right? So You're, marketing is not instead of; it's in addition to. I think that's an important distinction yeah. to recognize that it should it is not a lead lead generator. It is in support to the work that you should already be doing. That's right. Or and why have how, why have you not taken the time to learn how to do it? In your defense. It's because everyone is telling you to do the social media stuff. Everyone is telling you to do this, the team stuff. Everybody is telling you to work on your branding. Everyone is telling you that. And we're probably the only voices you come across that are saying, learn how to be a proactive lead generator. And you're going to, you know, it's basically a, it's a, a prospecting led business that's supplemented by marketing. And what you guys are told to do is lead with paid lead generation marketing stuff and then supplement with prospecting. But the truth is, is you never do the second. Yeah. It's like you're learning how to make the icing and there's no cake there. And, it, totally. Which is okay when you're six, right? But, <laughs> yeah. you know, you need to have something to put the icing on. Right. And so if you don't have a business, if you have a business that's predicated on buying leads, and that's what paid lead generation is, that's what branding is, that's what social media is, that's what all this stuff is. If you're basing your business on having to buy your business, you have no business whatsoever. You're creating businesses for all the people that are trying to sell you things. You have no business that's scalable. You have no business that you will ever be able to rely on. You're always going to be in search of the next shiny object. If you don't believe me now, whereas I know, you know, statistically, you're, a lot of you are going to basically go down the primrose path because you don't want to learn how to actually be a proactive lead generator. You're not willing to actually put yourself in a position where you're going to have to, you know, go to the, you know, the mental learning how to sell real estate gym and be uncomfortable where you're going to make yourself uh, do the things you don't want to do when you don't want to do at the highest level. You're not ready to hear the truth. And I know that's the truth. I know that some of you are not ready to hear the truth, that if you want ever increasing levels of success in your in your business and personal life, it really does come down to doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And the messages you get from um, these marketers are very seductive. They're telling you to go have fun. They're telling you to spend time on social media after all. It's not called work media for a reason. And I get yeah, the reason it's right. so just seductive. So you've got to be making a business decision. And for some of you, and I say this respectfully, not snarkily, it's maybe at the first most, it's the first uh, and most important business decision you'll ever make. Are you going to be, uh, you know, essentially a prospecting, proactive lead generation-based business owner that maybe supplements, chooses to when when necessary, supplement with social media? Or are you going to be somebody that basically thinks they're going to somehow shortcut it and, you know, they're going to buy their brand and somehow that's going to replace the need to actually earn a reputation? I don't know how, I, I really don't see any way you can argue even remotely with what, uh, our stance on this position is because it's it's the truth. And you guys all intuitively know it's the truth. The only people that dislike what we're saying are the people that are trying to sell you the marketing and the social media widgets. Those are the only people that will argue with what Julie and I are saying because they obviously have a interest that's not in your best interest provided that you're willing to you know see the truth about what all this stuff is. Any thoughts? Yeah, well, my thought was that this once they start that addiction, it actually spins out of control and can... I almost feel from a coaching standpoint, like it contributes to the uneducation of of the agent. So for, right. for example, let's say that you do get what you believe to be leads coming in, like the internet generated paid lead generation, you know, ch- choose your company. Okay. And, you know, you talk to them, you're not really using a script. They're not really converting. And when they do convert, you know, they drop off, they use somebody else, whatever. I've talked to agents that get so frustrated, they think that that's symptomatic of real estate. Right. You know what I mean? Like they think, oh gosh, it's just too hard for me right now. This isn't for me. You're, you're touching and, and on something. And it's not them. 
I mean, it is them because they got off track. But, but it is. But it's not really their fault. It, so what you're saying, and thank you for, I didn't write this down. I should have. No. But what you're saying essentially is social media and a lot of these a lot of these snake oil salesmen, effectively, right. what they're doing is they're sucking the potential out of a lot of agents yeah. that could have otherwise done rem- and done remarkable things with their businesses. Yeah. And their personal lives. It's very, um, I don't know, it's almost disorienting to them. And I, it does. It is worse for newer agents because they haven't got the experience to use a filter. I, I often on on our Facebook Live coaching will 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 call upon one of our more grizzled veterans and say, "Okay, Tim. So, you know, for Bob's sake, it's always Bob. Poor yeah, Bob. Poor Bob. Okay, so, for Bob's sake, describe what a real seller sounds like. Somebody who actually has to sell, or describe what somebody who's actually going to buy." Sounds like because that person will say, I pre qualified them. These are the answers. When I call them, they call me back. When I tell them there's a house, we go and see it. The, you know, they've got that filter, but that, that person that's been paying for impressions, not even really leads, but they don't know the difference, thinks that everything's going to take forever. And you have to, and this is why they put them in a drip system. Right. Because they think that that's what it takes. But just slow down. And then one thing leads to the next and they fail out of the business. But look at all the vendors that basically sold our good old friend Bob a a box of BS. And all the little things that you guys just – that you just mentioned that are all basically necessitating – Bob shoveling out a certain amount of money sure. to to man the CRM to you know run the drip. But they campaign. don't give a crap about Bob because no. he's not going to be around. To you know what I mean? There's and, like they don't you know their only objection handler to when Bob calls and says I'm going broke. You know when's your stuff going to work? Is well you haven't done it long enough. They don't they don't care because there's going to be another Bob getting licensed tomorrow. And it's it, that's the thing ultimately that makes me mad the most is when it's I get icky. these it, and, and <laughs> right it's icky but it's it's inherently it's intellectually dishonest. And yeah. and again, I wonder Misleading. how many, I wonder how many of these people, especially frankly, our competitors have been in the industry for as long as we have. In many cases, yeah. they must know what they're selling is basically an elegant sure. lie. They must know it. Yeah, but the turnover is such that it doesn't. They never have to pay the really price. matter, you right. know, because the people that would have held them accountable are off doing something else. Now. Right, and that's the unfortunate so. truth. And so you guys, so like what it isn't, and I mean, we talked about what it is, but we kind of intertwined the what it isn't, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. But what it isn't really is, it's at the end of the day, it's not a replacement for the real work of real estate. Number one, number two. Uh, it's not a predictable source of motivated seller leads. And you guys ever notice that all the social media buying leads, Mickey Mouse is always on the buyer side. And I, I'm going to tell you guys something that I hope all of you will experience in the very near future so you'll know what I'm saying is true. Um, and if you've experienced this in the past, start replicating it, right? When you have one listing, you will have to beat the buyers off with the proverbial stick. And we had people, uh, we've had coaching clients that have had, I mean, Julie can tell you story after story of people. Yeah. We have the, something in our coaching program called the ultimate open house system. It's really a very basic, what, like a 10-step system. Yep. And you can get hundreds of people through your open house. Now, here's the wonderful thing about that. Um, a, you're going to meet hundreds of people. But B, depending on the price range of the house they're going through, if it's a first-time buyer house, then it's probably they have nothing to sell. They're coming out of rentals. But depending on the price point, you actually could be getting a lot of folks that are actually you know, showing up to look at the house, but they themselves have houses they're thinking about selling. Yeah. I mean, we have coaching clients that have a very predictable open house system. I'm thinking of uh, Tammy Irby, for example, in Northern Virginia. She does neighborhood opens. They're a really big deal. She actually has built a reputation in her area for having these really kick-ass open houses. And she has a predictable one to two listings that come every time she does that. 
And you and very I very predictable. When we sold real estate, and this is again part of our coaching program, yeah, we, we, sell, we show how all of you guys you know do this. But we did our Harris uh, tour of homes, and every listing we had in a particular geographic area might be open for an hour or two on Sunday, um, and then there would be a sign that went in the yard that said this house will be open on Sunday from you know, one to three or one till two, and then essentially uh, the the mob of people, and it didn't always work this way out. Sometimes people just went to one uh, open house, but oftentimes they would start out at the first one that was open from say you know nine till ten and then you give them a flyer where the other ones were the next one's open ten to eleven and then you'd see the same buyers going from house to house to house Mm -hmm. around these communities that julie and i served um it was called the harris tour of homes you guys can do the exact same thing it we now here think about this well you know that is not only a killer way to generate uh to get a lot of buyer interest and sell your own listing but all those neighbors all those potential sellers they're going to see what you're doing and the effort you're making versus old bob that shows up in his crap old open house sign just sits there while he's you know screwing around on facebook never even greets anybody and then says open houses don't work and then says open houses don't work because bob is not open house exactly (laughs) well he's too busy on his social media (laughs) bob's making his tiktok videos i know but you know (laughs) what you what you mentioned does absolutely happen to tammy you know she she'll tell you that because of how her open house has been systematized that she has made it into a very predictable we would call it a spoke of lead generation um, and yes, she gets buyers from that, but she also asks which home in the area do you plan on selling? And the neighborhoods that she holds open, there are always plenty of sellers there. So yeah, it's all about how you go about it. So what else is, it isn't, uh, a predictable source of motivated seller leads, buyer leads. Yes. We talked about that, but you also wrote down being famous or rich. You choose. Well, that's, what do you how, mean I wanted, by that? that's how I wanted to wrap this up. Yeah. Um, and this is a, I have this conversation most frequently, Mm-hmm. With people who are, okay, I have to always remind myself I'm going to be 51 in freaking a week. I can't hardly believe it, you know? Me neither. Do you feel 39 <laughs> plus one? No. No. Well, so occasionally Depending after on the a day. tough workout the following morning sometimes, yeah, but only true. for a few hours. Or after Zoe, basically. You know, she yeah, gave me a note was... today. What did she, she Our, our seven-year-old. Yeah, she writes us notes when we're on the phone. And the note said, Dada, choose one. Take me to the beach or take me to the playground. In the hangar, right? No. And, and then she sat there with a pencil. She handed me the pencil, and I was on a, a coaching call, and she said, circle one. I know. See, she, she's becoming a very good salesperson <laughs> she because has. she gave you two options, both of which work for her. You'll probably agree, Dada, that oh, taking yeah. me to the beach or the playground is a good idea for you, or I'll drive you crazy the rest of yeah, the day. Yeah, <laughs> she uses this on us. Yeah, I she know. does. Well, I mean, so here's the question I, I ask uh, oftentimes people that are really starting at about 40, but this works especially if you're really about late 40s. And so the question I ask you is, if you have to choose, and if you ever have a one-on-one call with me, which by the way, if you guys want to talk, and this is where sometimes where this comes out, is if you guys want to talk about joining Julie and I at eXp Realty, of course, Julie and I would love to be your sponsors at eXp. It would be our honor to be your personal sponsors at eXp. You could just text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. So I'm going to be on a phone call with many, many of you, one of you, right? And I'm going to ask you this question when we're talking about your um, essentially your journey to the point where you know where you are in life and if you've been in the business for a long time or if you haven't this question is still relevant so when you're in your 20s and you're in your 30s and sometimes like I said your early 40s I ask I'll ask you if you have a choice of being famous or rich when you were say 20 or 25 which would you have chosen and the honest among you would have almost and you know I suppose there's one percent that will say uh, something other than famous but virtually everyone chooses fame and if you look at the demographics of social media, what it is is a lot of those people that are right into that ego time. So there's – I forget what the um, 
the the evolu- or the development of humans basically mm-hmm. they go through different phases we need to re-research this mm-hmm. you go through the physical phase when you're younger and then you go through like this Some ego phase you remember yeah. that yeah i don't remember where we read that psychological mm-hmm. psychological study but the essence of it is is the social media appeals mostly to people who are in this age bracket where they're essentially um evolutionarily let's just call it that that's not the right word they're most uh, focused on how they look and how others look at them or see them and i suppose you could even root that back to basically when people were trying to uh, establish their you know their position in the overall tribe i mean i can imagine at some point like when you're younger you're trying to some kind of establishment of hierarchy in life. right that's what it is you're yeah. trying to attract the right you know partner to you or wife or husband or you're trying to essentially establish yourself as someone who people do business with and there's all these sort of egotistical affirmation recognition right. exactly so yeah. you're very very motivated by external forces and people telling you that yes you are worthwhile bob yes you know, you are pretty, Bob. Yes, you are somebody that, you know. You are is, on the right track. <laughs> someone will one day want to mate with you, Bob. I mean, these are the <laughs> So when you're younger, there's a lot of, uh, like, the choices. Would you choose to be rich or would you choose to be famous? And everyone chooses rich. If you don't believe me, again, just look at the demographics famous. for social media. Now, as people get older, even into their 30s, sometimes their late 40s, you ask the question. And then that's when I'm asking you the question if you're that age. Then you're going to start teeter-tottering. It's going to be like, well, maybe. It depends on the day. It's about, you know, it, it goes back. Back and forth, but I promise you, once you reach that older 40s age, sometimes it's you know right in there, and certainly in the 50s, ask the question. Yep. Here's the answer: like probably 80 percent of the time, you'll laugh, even if you've never heard me sort of role play this with all of you. You'll laugh and you'll say, um, "Well, when I was younger, I sure as hell would have chosen fame, but now I promise you, I'm choosing rich." Absolutely. As the clock ticks on, you start looking for those riches. Well, it's all, and it's all, it's it's more than the practical, the practical nature of realizing that you'd much rather have more money than less money. And and but what sure. it really is the realization of uh, constantly seeking recognition from strangers, aka social media. Mm-hmm. And it's always been this way. It's not just yeah. in the advent of social media. Is an asinine pursuit. Yeah. Ultimately. And if you really want to have a status in your society, if you really want to have the you know success that you want in life on personal and business levels, you have to earn it. You have to be of service. You have to. You because have, you know what? The yep. economy and people will wash you out if you are not of service. Especially in, in this era. And, and again, this goes back to like people crap on millennials for thinking that millennials are some sort of like, I mean, A, millennials generally give themselves too much credit. But I'll tell you mm-hmm. my experience with millennials mm-hmm. is that they're millennials and the, the generation that's following them, if you believe in this generational sort of breakup Labeling. of ages, yeah. right, which let's just for the sake of conversation say that we sure. do. The younger generations that are coming up, like the the younger millennials and the generation mm-hmm. Z that's following, I am incredibly optimistic about that age group mm-hmm. because they have their heads screwed on straight. When I get one of them on the phone – they like they have a certain kinship with you and I and what we mm-hmm. say, and I find that really it is interesting. interesting. Mm-hmm. And I, well, it's why because you and I were really poor, like yeah. less than poor, mm-hmm. and we've essentially through uh, you know practical tactical measures and learning how to be a service and developing a skill set. Sure, actual we, work. We avoided much of the bull BS of essentially that's you know inundated life. Mm-hmm. We've been married for th- so they like the fact that we're real, mm-hmm. the genuine. No, we've been through it. Authentic is the modern term sure. for saying it, right? But it's it's fascinating to me to watch the people that are in the the uh, in those interim ages, uh-huh. and also who are a little they're still a little bit confused. They're baffled, right? They know what we're saying is true. They're attached to it. They're attracted to it, and yet at the same time they feel like they're being left out. It's FOMO because they're not the life of party on Instagram, mm-hmm. right? So that's what it is. They're not yet able to to remove 
um, being of service to other people, actually genuinely being of service to other people. And then mm-hmm. w- when you're service enough people, you obviously, the, the money will, you'll accumulate uh, enough past clients and successful transactions. And if you're smart with your money, you'll start accumulating, uh, you know, passive income and all the rest of it. All that follows on the other side of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. But until you've come to that realization, um, you're going to struggle and it's always going to be confusing and you're always going to be slapping your credit card down for whoever's selling mm-hmm. you the latest, you know, vial of snake oil. Well, so what's the cure for this? I think of people like uh, John Walkinshaw in Canada, okay? He uses social media. He does videos. He posts all the time. But how's he get his listings? Okay, <laughs> because, he, because he calls That's the right. center of influence, okay? but So what is he posting? He's posting video tours and drone tours of his new listings. He's posting uh, testimonials from clients who he has been of service to. He's posting asking for, you know, he's got buyers who are looking for this, help us out. He's attaching all of that to the actual work of real estate. But he's doing the real work of real estate. First. Those things are supplementing, right? Correct. But he didn't. He would still be successful, and uh, if he didn't do any of that, I have proof. Yeah. Chuck Williamson in uh, Wilson, North Carolina. Yeah. We have lots sure. and lots of proof. Yeah. He does no social media. I had last year. I had to show him how to use Facebook. I know. And I loved it. Yeah. And well, you know what's hilarious and, about that? And he's young. And he's younger than me. Yeah. Okay, and I'm having to teach. He's like in his mid 40s, and I'm having to teach him how to use Facebook. He does obviously zero social media. 100% of his business comes from doing the real work of real estate and picking up the phone. I'm thinking of Ziggy in upstate New oh, York. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Ziggy in upstate New York, and Ziggy, hopefully you're listening. Mm-hmm. Julie and I are incredibly proud of you. 18 months ago, um, I had a little intervention call, and I say this, and I'm not. I, I'm just going to be. I know Ziggy won't mind if I tell you. So she called up, and she was like one of these, you know, numerous emails and. You know, texts mm-hmm. and all the, you know, these these cries for help. I don't know what direction to go. I'm overwhelmed. I'm not sure what I should focus on. And I gave her, and I only had, I know you had other coaching calls with her, but I only gave her really one coaching call and maybe a couple check-ins after that. And I gave her some direction. And now it's about a year later after mm-hmm. since I've had that call, give or take. And she's in our premier coaching program. Yeah, she listens to podcasts. And she's got what? I think she has 10 in contract right she now. She has 10, I think it's 10 pendings and eight active listings. Right. And it's, and I, and she was on our clubhouse this morning. I put her up on stage and I asked her to she's share that. Magic number. Well, I asked her to talk about that. And what she said at the end of the day was she stopped struggling with what to do and what to focus on. And now she does the real work of real estate and she uses the social media stuff to supplement the real work of real estate. And so some agents will start doing the real work of real estate and then they'll be seduced into the social media because people are giving them too much recognition and appreciation. And then they stop doing the real work of real estate. And that again is your ego. That's your inner, your innate desire to be famous. You want to make yourself valuable to whatever group of people that you associate yourself with. You want your tribe to accept you, love you, give you an extra couple feathers in your in your hat so you have more prestige within the community. These are all lizard brain hardwired into all of us. That is part of being part of but a society. But you crave that before you actually do it is right. where they get off track. And that's how you guys are manipulated. You're manipulated because these social media companies, what do you think all these ridiculous levels of recognition they give you on these platforms is all about? Mm-hmm. And you look how people brag about it. Like, I don't even know what any of them mean, but I heard on Clubhouse people are talking about, oh, if you have a club, you know, if you have a party hat, that's somehow less than if you have a this or if you have a that or it's like, <laughs> What the hell are we like? And then when did people normalize? When do adults start replacing words with emojis? I know. I mean, the whole thing is, you guys just see it for what it is. But to go back to Ziggy, I think what Ziggy would say to you is that when she stopped thinking about what to do and doing the distractions and trying things out, and am I doing this right? 
and just simply did the work. Right. For a fairly long period, not forever. So what's the work she was supposed to do? She did exactly what we told her yes. to do in the coaching program. And it wasn't just now and then. It no. was very consistently. And that's what she says too. Yeah. Yep. She says she, and everyone else, that's always what life is going to come down to. You're going to have a, a scheduled amount of time every single day where you're going to have to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. We talk about this endlessly in our coaching program. Um, some of you get it right away. Some of you get it after you hear it like a billion times. And that's, I don't, we're not going anywhere. It's we're going to keep on telling you. You know, slow learning agents have made Julie and I rich, so we appreciate it. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And the but truth will still be the truth. That's still right. We're not going to change our opinions. No. And don't come up to us at some event and say, okay, Tim, I know what you tell everyone else, but what? tell me what the real secret is. I oh, know. really? Mm-hmm. Hey, read our book, Harris Rules. We lay it out as practically intact. It's over 400 five-star reviews. Well, let's so, just work that. The secrets are all in Harris Rules. Well, that is the truth. But (laughs) Harris Harris Rules, I mean, you could have written that, made that book 10 times as big. The publisher wouldn't let you. You know, they did edit back probably 75%. But the facts are still the facts. But yeah, guys, obviously, if you're going to have a limited amount of time and a limited amount of money and you need to get the maximum results as quick as you can, spend it developing your mindset of service that's back, essentially your skill set then and along with your mindset of service, and you will experience more success. You'll su- experience so much success, you'll actually have a disproportionate amount of success compared to your peers. You know what is really funny about people like Chuck Williamson and Ziggy and a lot of our other uh, coaching clients and listeners is that when you focus more on the work and being of service and you're doing your business primarily that way and and have some support from social media about the work, but when you lead with the work, other agents who lead with all the social stuff do not see them coming. No, of course not. Because they're not really on the radar. Right. And those agents, I've had calls, you've had calls with those agents, they're like, I just had my clock cleaned by so-and-so no-name agent. They they like to label them, right? right? Because they can't find a bunch of... St- What's crap on it, social media. Well, it's because their egos basically can't have them fathom right. the fact that this age literally outsold them. Yes, because they, they don't have all the, the, the bells and whistles to back that up. And it's always interesting how blindsided they can be. So there is a definitive and very clear way to hold our coaching accountable, right? Did you make a house? Did you sell a house? Did you make money? There is a very clear path forward in our coaching program because we want you to hold us accountable for your results. That's how it's designed. And so there's no like, okay, well, you just have to can, you know, send more postcards. You have to do, oh, you know what? Uh, you know, the problem with your, your videos on YouTube is you just need to work on your lighting or maybe you need yeah. to change your hairstyle or maybe you need, you guys see how it's just a narcissistic, never ending, unsolvable Rubik's cube of malarkey. I yeah, mean, that's see, truly what it is. is that we've been around a long time and we expect from the get go for our listeners and our coaching clients to not just survive, but to thrive. Yep. I think the expectation makes a big difference. You're saying the expectation of these people selling the gimmicks is... Is different than ours. They don't really care what their outcome right. is. I mean, I'm fully committed to... It doesn't matter if you show up to our coaching on day one, you literally... And we have people that like, they'll join coaching before they even get licensed. Yeah, yeah for sure. Okay. I'm going to give them the same uh, coaching and education and content and care that I would somebody that, I mean, we have coaching clients that have been with us for 15 years. Yep. You know, but our expectation is your longevity. So I think that that, I mean, that that helps, I mean, that makes us accountable, I guess. Right, is that it what, does. You know, I'm not trying to make this about us. I'm just saying that there's a difference between 
people that are like, all right, you got your credit card, one and done, whatever. You make it or you won't. I don't really care. But you know the irony of all this? If, you know, Julie and I profess to be smart business people, and I think actually time has proven, you know, our longevity has proven that we are. Uh, but it is kind of ironic, Julie, because the truth is, is if we wanted to make a hell of a lot more money, oh. we would just start There selling. is an easy button. We there are push. easy. We would just sell you guys easy buttons, really. Yeah. I mean, that's how smart we are. We beat our heads against the wall trying to convince you guys to do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. I mean, that is not a very good sales pitch. We if you might to... be over, over loving on them. Yeah. I, we, I mean, but truthfully, that's that's <laughs> yeah. not an easy thing to, for, to say or an easy thing for all of you to hear. I mean, it's so much easier for us to sell you guys buyer leads. It's so so it would be so much easier for us to just essentially have some sort of, you know, BS in a box that made you believe that you just do all these, you know, social media things. Yeah. Magically, all the clouds are part. And, and it'll work for you or it won't. Exactly. Good luck to you. Right. And that would be what most of the, you know, every virtually everybody else is out there selling. And cumulatively, they're probably making a hell of a lot more money than we are. But we are not in this business for just to be opportunistic. We just, we don't want short-term relationships with any of you guys. We want you to be part of our lives for the rest of our lives, as so many of our coaching clients have. And you know, it's funny, some of you guys assume it's just Julie and I. Um, No, we have 13 coaches. We're probably going to hire 20 more coaches this year. Do not apply for the job of being a coach. I'll let you know when we're interested in hiring coaches. Do not email me, please. No email bombing. No email bombing. I know a lot of you want to be coaches, uh, but we're highly, highly, I'll tell you what to do. Go to harriscertifiedcoach.com and read about what you have to do before we even consider you being a coach for us. HarrisCertifiedCoach.com. There is a test, for example. <laughs> That's right. And don't even think about it if you're not actually licensed and you just want to try and sell a bunch of crap to our clients. Exactly. That is not going to happen. Yeah. And if any, any of you decide to bomb our uh, clubhouses thinking you're somehow going to uh, you know, sell your snake oil, uh, you will be kindly and nicely and respectfully moved to the audience. <laughs> Where you will, what is it called? Silently leave. You silently leave. You may silently leave. Yes, exactly. So in the meantime, guys, Julie and I had some fun today on today's podcast. And uh, look, we're just at the end of the day, this is our mission. Our highest and truest purpose professionally is to be of service to all of you. The only way we know how to be of service to all of you is if we leave it all in the field with every coaching call, with every piece of content we create, with every podcast we create, with every single thing we do. It is our sincerest hope that you guys are able to experience the highest levels of success and all the things that go with it that you can. And it really is truly up to you. If you make a tiny, a series of tiny little, you know, like you decide you're going to go down this path. Oh, I get what Tim and Julie are saying, but I don't want to do it. Too much work. I'm going to go this other path. I'm going to start doing, I'm going to become the mayor of my town. I actually heard someone say that this morning. Mayor of my town. I'm going to start creating YouTube videos and I'm going to start creating all this social media. And somehow when people think of my town, they're going to think of me in real estate. And you guys really think there's ever any chance in a thousand lifetimes you can accomplish that? I mean, let re- the actual mayor of your town go exactly. Be the mayor of the town. I mean, but these different things. But I get it. Oh, I get to go out and have fun and make videos and talk with, you know, basically people that are social media people. And I need to. I get to make myself famous. They're manipulating you. But here's all you need to know about that. Okay, when somebody is ready to buy or sell, they're not, you know, going to see who's got the best TikTok or whatever. Right? If you're a buyer, you're looking for inventory. If you're a seller, you're looking for results. If it's that simple. You're That's not looking right. at all this other, like, who's got the best brand? They don't give a crap about that. They want results. The pathway for how primarily sellers choose who they're going to list their house with, it, it does not start with social media. Okay? No. It, it, that is not even part of the decision-making uh, tree 
of the average uh, seller. So you got to be really clear about that. And you got to be really clear about what's motivating you. Because if you're not clear about what's motivating you in the direction that you want to go in your business and personal life, what's going to happen is other people, and this is what's happening and will continue to happen, other people are going to co-op your life. They're going to co-op and they're going to make what they want for themselves what you think you want for yourself because what you, if you're all of a sudden pursuing what is in the betterment of the person who sold you this vision, then the next thing you know, you've let a lifetime pass you. And that happens all the time. You know, there's different psychological terms for that, but a lot of people gravitate towards people that give them recognition. When when someone gives you recognition, they're doing that to make you feel a certain way, and then you go back to them wanting more recognition. That's what social media is. It is the most addictive. Uh, it should be regulated by the FDA. It's that addictive. And I hope you guys are really wise to it. Otherwise, you're going to lose. You could lose your lives and your potential. And you're going to be at a certain age, and you're going to look back, and I'll, you know, hopefully, you know, you know, I'll be on a phone call, and I'll ask you. So, if you could choose this, or you know, famous or rich, which would you choose? And I promise you, you're going to be incredibly clear that you should have chosen to be rich, because with that money, not only would you have been able to improve your life and the life of all your friends and your family if you choose to, but you could also, you know, you could have built schools. You could have, you know, you could have all kinds of things you could have done with the money. You could have just, guys, there's so much, what you want in life at the end of the day honestly comes from being of service to other people. There's nothing about social media that's about being of service to other people. It's all ego manipulation. So again, I get there's benefits to it, but for the most part, the way it's sold, they're just trying to play into your lower self. So please have a really good filter for all that. And so for those of you who are listening to this uh, podcast replay sometime in the future, it's because you asked me the question about social media. And now Julia, I have hopefully thoroughly beaten into the ground. What do you think? Our mission was to help them know what it is and what it is and what place in your business life it should play. That's, That's it. it. I think we did a good job. What do you so. think? We'll find out. Yeah, they'll let us know if we didn't. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> in the meantime, if you guys need us for anything, do feel free to communicate with us in any means necessary. Um, and the easiest way to get hold of me of always to send me a text, which is uh, 512-758-0206. Thanks and have a great day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>